Before we start this episode, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we're recording this podcast, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. I'd like to pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hey, I'm sports journalist Sam Skies. Welcome to On Her Game. In part A, rugby league star Karina Brown discusses her childhood, the moment that put her in the national spotlight. She takes aim at some high-profile NRL players in a bid to make the world a more inclusive place. In part B, which you're about to hear, we start off by talking about an unlikely artistic pursuit, which has become the unofficial anthem of the NRLW. Can we talk about your song? And your mm-hmm. anthem that it's turned out to be for the NRLW, you and Harlan created this incredible song. And I've told you this a thousand times. And I send it to you all the time. My daughter loves it. She knows it word from word. Every, she's got it on her Emmy song list. Mommy, can you put that on my playlist on Spotify? Um, it's number one on her playlist, <laughs> on Emmy's playlist. But it's a fantastic song. come about that you created this incredible if you haven't got it check it out she's got confidence um by harlan and karina brown Brown. yes (laughs) how did it come about well firstly shout out to Emmy. yeah (laughs) number one you're um yeah thank you very much i'll have to sign something for you yes yes no that's amazing and that's who we wanted um you know that was targeted to, Mm. to young girls um it came about so i met harlan 18 months ago and she is just this most amazing woman. She's, mm. um, yeah, a very proud Aria Māori nominated woman. Artist. Ari nominated artist. Yep. You know, just, just such a talented um, and amazing human. You know, she's taught me so much about the world. Um, she is part of, you know, marginalised groups. Um, mm. But she always comes back to, you know, the positive opposite and finding the positives and, and educating people rather than, you know, it's easy to go off, get pissed off at everyone at that mm. not being woke. Um, but <laughs> but she goes out of her way to, to educate people, mm. you know, and to help them see the other side and why it's important, you know, not to discriminate and why everyone should feel valued. So, mm. um, yeah, she's, she's such a special woman, Harlan. And but how did a learn- footballer and an artist, an ARIA-nominated artist, get together? How did that well, happen? Because, well, that's how we were connecting, right? We were connecting on... Um, our parallels, which was it's being an artist, um, it's in male dominated industry, mm-hmm. which is the same as as rugby league, um, and we're just both learning about our journeys and trying to get to the top. But really, it's um, it's not easy as mm. a woman. Uh, so we connected through that, and uh, she had never watched rugby league before, but started getting into the game and and just starting to see, you know how hard it is mm. for sort of for, for women in the game, you know, trying to make it to the top mm. and just everything just, you know, seems to be a few steps forward and then another step back mm-hmm. and you're just constantly, um, you know, fighting for equality. Mm-hmm. And, we're, and we're still not there yet, you know. We're still yeah. not um, full-time athletes. No. Um, so that's another topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so we, um, after State of Origin in 20, 
21 was last year. Yeah. And we just, we just won. Um, Queensland had won, which was great. And then we went into a lockdown, five day lockdown. Mm. And I was at Jess's house and she doesn't have a TV there. And so just sort of as a, we decided, um, she started jamming on the guitar and um, we were looking at um, a photo of the first ever NRW Gold Coast Titans team. And I was part of this um, five marquee signings. Yeah. And we went there and we had five young girls. And so there was all of us in the photo. And it was, you know, sort of like the Titans of today and the Titans of tomorrow. Mm. So we're just sort of having a look at this photo and we're feeling quite inspired and we're thinking about our journeys and how we sort of, you know, wish we had female role models um, Mm. to look up to when we were growing up. And, yeah, we decided to write a song about the next generation and what life's going to look like for them, Mm. which is they're not going to know sort of the discrimination and the prejudice and all Mm. that, you know, that we Mm. had growing up. They're going to grow up in a totally different world. They're growing up where, you know, young boys are are now having female um, Mm. athlete heroes. And that that's opening normal. line is the boys in line. Yeah, well, that was our yeah. opening line. Young boys in line, now is her time. She takes the pen, a hero like the men. Mm. So it's just sort of um, an yeah. ode to the next generation. And and we think these the next generation, you know, like Immy are going to grow up with so mm. much self-confidence mm. and self-belief and just growing up thinking they can do anything. Yeah. And because they can. Yeah. You yeah. Know, the the world's their roster. You know, choose your choose your destination. Yeah. Choose your adventure. Yeah. Um. And another line in the song is, we're happy you're here. And I think that connects with what we're just talking about with, you know, the the manly jersey mm. is we're happy you're here is it's welcoming of, of everyone, mm. no, no matter where you're from. You know, mm. you have a place in this world and you are welcome and, yeah, we're, we're happy you're here. So, um, yeah, it, was a, it, was, <laughs> it ended up being a pretty big project, but we... Um, <laughs> Just, just last because she says, uh, you know, musicians they sort of do it on their own time. But mm. me being a jeweler, I'm really time focused, yeah. and I was always at her <laughs> like, okay, let's go. Let yep, next yep. job, next job. Have we done this? Have we done that? And we ended up putting a, getting the song together together Love pretty it. quickly, really, in the end. And so you both wrote wrote the lyrics. We both wrote the lyrics, Great. and, and Jess was teach me. Yeah, <laughs> I was meant to be a placeholder because I am not a singer. Um, and then you grew up singing, though. I grew up singing, you had a but singing family. I had a singing family, but I didn't actually. I have the voice. I had the sporting gene, but I yep. had the um, the passion for music. Yeah, which is which is why it worked out because I just have always listened to music with all my. You're great on it. You're great yeah, my... on it. But that Thank must you. have been so intimidating. You're a footballer. Now you're stepping out of your comfort zone and you're going in front of a mic. <laughs> with everyone's going to hear you sing. Was that intimidating? It was, but the whole song was about she's got confidence. Yeah, you so I had out. to find my confidence and, you know, walk the talk. Um, yeah. But Jess was incredibly, you know, so, so supportive and, um, you know, really held my hand mm. the whole way through it. So definitely couldn't have done it without her. And it was just amazing that the NRL got on board. Uh, and we got to, yeah. Not amazing. They should. And they did, which was awesome. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, it was still incredible that um, we got to perform it live at NRLW round so one. Good. So that so was an played experience. you and also been like, yep, now I'm back on stage. Yep. Hair, makeup, <laughs> a little Madonna mic. It's like a it was big actually, stage to do that on. Yeah. It was quite funny because I was, yeah, just um, performing with the Titans and mm. I came straight off. Um, and went and saw Jess. Jess had just done sound check and she's got an Instagram video of her doing both mics <laughs> to get get me ready. There's no time for that. Yep. 
um, yeah, to, to click the fingers and in my <laughs> I love it. my stage get up. Yep. Still sweaty from playing. Still sweaty, I know. Put the fake eyelashes on and yes. um, get on stage and yeah, do my second job. But uh that Dance was around awesome. seeing like it was just yeah. awesome. How that good are female athletes? There's nothing that you guys can't do. There's nothing females can't do. No. I truly believe that. Yeah. Um but what was even better was um leading up to that, Channel Nine got on board as well mm. and we went and did a full day with Channel 9 um, recording the song and we got to have, I brought on some young girls. So I got a young mentor, I'm sorry, mentor to a young girl named JJ, Mm -hmm. Jenna. And she is a perfect example of doing it all because she does dancing, singing and acrobats and plays rugby league. Love it. And I just, um, her mum just, I just met her um, at the Titans, but her mum reached out to me and said, you know, could you give JJ some words of advice and I said, you know what, I'll go better. I'm going to come to one of JJ's games. So then I built this lovely little friendship with JJ um, and her mum and and then I found out that she did dancing. So uh, when we got to perform at the NRL Grand Final, we got JJ and her whole dancing school, which was honestly hundreds of young girls to come. And um, yeah, we were their backup singers. That's what we call. (laughs) Uh, And uh, that was just such a phenomenal moment. to be part of like Man. yeah I loved so it. cool I love that so much because you know we always see you can't be what you can't see but sometimes you gotta um if you can't what is it you gotta you can't be what you can't see yeah that's it but sometimes you've got to be what you can't see and I just love it you're like no I can be a rugby league star <laughs> and a pop star as mm-hmm. well what are the plans any more songs honestly I haven't had a second. Time. Just, you need no COVID. Time. To I need. I need COVID <laughs> to come know, back. <laughs> but this this season's been crazy. You know, two seasons in one. Yeah, There's yeah. There's a World Cup at the end of the year. Yeah. State of Origin. We've had our BMD, um, mm. to, uh, competition, which um, mm-hmm. North Queensland took out. I mean, how great was that? <laughs> so I, I thought that was just spectacular. Yeah. And that's you know to be part of Billy Bears and yeah. we sort of you know were the dominant team for you know, so long after South Slogan had had their reign and then, you know, to see the game growing. But now you've got North Queensland, they've won the BMD Premiership and now they've got North Queensland, you know, coming into the competition, yeah. NRW competition next year. Like this is, you just always look at, you know, what you're doing and is it greater, you know, is for the greater good and like that to me is for the greater good. So it's pretty incredible. There's no doubt that the NRLW has changed the landscape for women's rugby league. It's something that we all dreamed and hoped one day would happen to be told that we're crazy for dreaming and hoping that that would happen. It's great to see you girls finally out there on that stage and doing that. But um, it's expanding next year. Are you happy with the rate that it's expanding and the rate that it's growing, the support that it's getting? Or are you a little bit, I know you're impatient. Is it, um, is it where you would want it to be? You know, I'm a bit, I'm a bit unsure, to be honest. Um, I thought, Initially, it was meant to be eight teams, and I thought eight teams was probably, you know, the right direction for next year. But we've mm. gone straight to ten. Um, and if you look at the sort of the AFL, you know, they've now got um, a team 18. for the first time ever for, mm. for every AFL franchise, and which is incredible. And, mm. yes, the quality sometimes, you know, people complain about the quality. It's not up to standard just yet, but mm. it's going to be, yeah. you know, eventually. You've got to build it. You have you to build, build it. it. Exactly. So um, tribalism too. Exactly. Whereas with our product, you know, where every game is competitive mm. and, and top because we've only had a small, you know, small pool and next year we're obviously going to an extra four teams. Mm. So 
look, I this, you know what? It's a great opportunity. Mm. Let's just go with that. It's it's going to be great. We're going to need a phone. I know a lot of people are, are worried about diluting the talent pool, but there's another side of it as well. A couple of that, you know girls I've been talking with the AFLW because that's you know their fear as well with you know expanding to every um, team having a women's game, um, an AFLW team, but like a lot of Melbourne people, you know, they're so tribal, right, with their AFL teams and mm-hmm. they don't quite get into it because, you know, Hawthorne yet doesn't it. have a team or yeah. Sydney yet doesn't have a team. And then suddenly, you know, Sydney has a team and because they are so tribal, they're like, okay, well, I'm sitting up now. I'm taking interest. Yeah. I don't really want to like support GWS because I'm a swanny. Um, <laughs> but now I'm I'm really into the women's game and I forgot about that tribalism that, yep. you know, that happens when you when you have your team. So, you know, I think there's a sense of that too with the with the NRLW. It will create even more tribalism because more people's clubs that they love are going yep. to have a women's team. So they're naturally going to be engaged. Yep, exactly. 100%. So there's, there's that side of it as well. Um, what does the game need to do next for the women's game? Like if you had the big guns here. I mean, Peter Volandis this morning told me that you know, can't wait for every single, and they will, every single NRL team will have an NRLW team. I didn't hold him to a time on that. But, um, but yeah, but, I mean, for now, for you girls, and you've, you've been in that rare position where you've seen the crossover. You were part of the old school and the old setup mm-hmm. and you've seen this new setup now and have played a pivotal role in, in being able to create that setup. But, you know, if you had the reins now, what would you do for the girls? I'd like to see it go full time, um, yeah. and I like thinking about um, like when the Olympic sevens women went full time. Mm. So I was sort of part. I didn't. I was sort of part of that program when it was kicking off, and mm-hmm. I, I didn't get a contract. I wasn't. I wasn't good enough to get a contract. Um, but I just noticed the skill set. So from when they went for mm. full time was sort of like four years out prior to the um, Olympics, mm. and then when I watched them win the gold medal, gold medal, sorry, at Rio, um, the skill set was just, mm. it was incredible. So like, not have to juggle work. Yeah. And, and I, I just thought, well, that must be the difference mm. is because they're working on their craft, you know, mm. full time. They get um, to do all the recovery that you need to do, you know, all the video mm. analysis. There's just so much um, involved to be able to put out, you know, your best performance. Um, and I think the girls, you know, in the current game are doing a hell of a job Mm-hmm. at putting out the performances that we're putting out, but we're still not full-time, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think it can only get better and better, you know, if we were to be able to focus on our craft, um, you know, more hours of the day. So to do to go full-time, you know, we do need more teams and we're going to need, um, yeah, more games mm. so that we can actually, um, you know, do mm-hmm. a 12-month contract, Yeah, which at the moment, you know, we're, well, this year is sort of an exception with the two seasons, but even mm. next year it will go to... Um, what nine rounds with ten teams plus a few rounds of finals, plus some preseason, mm. you know that's sort of four or five months there. Um, mm. So if we can sort of maybe do start fleshing expanding, that out, expanding because them, not just expanding yeah. the teams, but the number of games. Yeah, because it's hard yeah. to uh, maintain a job the other part yeah. of the year. Yeah. You can't really say to an employer, "Hey, I'm just going to work six months, and then the other six months I won't." Yeah, and then next year, can I come back? for the first six months of the year again. Like yeah. it's, it's difficult, isn't it? It's really it's difficult. super hard. You have to have a super um, understanding employer or yeah. like juggle extreme 
conditions to be able to do both. It's exactly. So yeah, I think um, if we can sort of aim to full time and sooner rather than later, and just provide more opportunities, um, like with especially with um, showcasing the games. Mm. Like, don't put us on at eleven a.m. Yes, on a yep. Saturday. Yeah, that does not help us. Because prime yep. time for Women's State of Origin was exceptional, wasn't it? It goes like off. what that did. Yeah. Exactly. And that was in 2018. So, We're four years ahead now. I yeah. know. And we're still getting, we've still got that time slot, Friday night, 8 p.m. Mm. And we still pull great numbers. Mm-hmm. So can we have some better time slots, yeah. please? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because how can we grow if we're getting crappy yeah. time slots? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what, you know, when people say, oh, like the women's game, it's not that great or they don't pull the numbers. Yeah, but we're not given the time equal opportunity to yeah. to, as the men yeah. to grow it. 100%. People aren't coming to our game at, on a Friday at 4 p.m. because everyone's at work. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I'm pretty sure we've played at that time. Yeah. You know, in the NRLW. Yeah. You're going to get a crowd at that time. Yeah. <laughs> and there is nighttime game too for the first time in this season as well. So, um, yeah, more of those attractive time slots mm-hmm. yeah, make a massive difference. Well, we ask in every podcast someone who's been along um, in your journey to record a secret message um, to you. And I was talking to this person about you and Hmm. um, he had incredible things to say. And he's been a real game changer, a massive advocate for the women's league for a really long time. Um, He's a good mate of yours as well. And also your national coach. It is, of course, (laughs) the Jillaroos coach, Brad Donald. And um, this is what Brad had to say. Hey, Goosey. It's been over 10 years since I was first fortunate enough to, to coach you, way back in the southeast Queensland days. And there's been a number of jerseys and teams that have gone since then. And uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to, to watch your journey unfold, mate. Um, you've, you've been a, a true leader of the game and, and very selfless. You know, if somebody's needed... Um, a school visit, someone to, to help with a keynote speech or even to, to move clubs and start a club or or play at a different NRLW club. You've, you've always put the game first and it's a, a true testament to, to who you are. Um, one of the hardest things I think you can do as a coach is is to tell a player they haven't made the team and I still recall the time that I had to ring you and let you know and, and you basically answered with a how good coach there's so much young talent coming through and there's lots of competition for spots. And a really selfless answer on what probably would have been a really disappointing day for you. But um, you're going to leave a great legacy and we're already starting to see the remnants of that with things like the Karina Brown Challenge on the Gold Coast, which I'm sure you'll look on in 20 or 30 years' time and you'll be able to tell your family and friends that uh, that's just part of the legacy that you've you've left the game. And can't wait to see what unfolds off the field. You're going to do special things and um, it's been a real privilege to, to watch on and, and see what's happened on and off the field over the over the past 10 years and, and I look forward to what goes on over the next 10. Oh, thanks, Coach. <laughs> that was beautiful. Um, yeah, Brad Donald, is um, he's my mentor. Mm. And I knew, as he said, for 10 years and he's just such an incredible man. Mm. Like he's... He's a superstar of our game and, you know, he's a leader of our game. And he, what I love about Brad and what I've noticed that Brad does is he makes tough decisions, you know, for the the Mm. betterment of the game. And he always does and he stands by his values um, and his principles and his moral code. 
Mm. Um, and yeah, he's just, he's been phenomenal for the women's game. Mm. And, you know, he took us to the 2017, you know, World Cup final and helped us mm. win that. And, you know, he's yeah, he's coached me along Southeast Queensland for, for Queensland. Um, he took the New Zealand Warrior team, NRW team mm. in 2020, which was one of the most incredible experiences mm. that um that I've had in, in the game as well. And, you know, to galvanize us and, mm. you know, through through Maori culture, you know, and mm. you know, he's this an Australian, <laughs> you know, white he's a man. Isn't he? And, he's a redhead. He's a isn't up, he? We never hold that against no. him, you know. Because we're inclusive. <laughs> yes. And the, <laughs> I shouldn't um, say that. My husband calls it because he's got red hair. My dad's got red hair and they call themselves ringers. So that's okay. Yeah. No, but that's, um, yeah, that's such a beautiful message. And, you know, he mm. has been responsible for so many groundbreaking moments in the game. And, you know, he's responsible for the under, Karina Brown under 12 challenge. I love you know? that. That's yeah. So, that's How what I wish. Has something yeah. named after you? Well, no, when I was 12, I wanted to play rugby league with girls. Mm. And now that exists. As your um, namesake. As my name, yeah. That's pretty this, cool. This weekend actually is um, the final gala day on Sunday mm. and I'm um, going to go down obviously. You know, I've been to a few games um, and seen it and it's just, it's incredible and just seeing all these young girls. But mm. um, I, was, I was talking to Jess about this actually, Jess Harlan, and she said, you know, what's cool and sort of winning a medal and that's having a medal named after you yes. and being able to hand it out. So yep. on Sunday, I look forward to that, you know, and seeing yep. this next generation filled with confidence mm. yes. um, and being able to, yeah, give them this medal and, you know, thank them for their contribution to the game and to inspire them to to do whatever they want, whether they want to be an NRW star or whether they want to be a doctor, mm. um, just, you know, to be there to say, hey, you can do it. You've always been so selfless, I think, um, Karina, and I think you understate it a lot, but you've had these passionate pursuits to change the game for the better and you've been really selfless. You know, you set up teams at Burley and East and, um, and and you did that off your bat and that would have been so difficult doing all the recruiting and changing, like the club setting going like, you're not in the junior field, but you're right out the back, like in the baseball diamond, you know, there's a bit of a dust and a bit of a patch of grass and you can have that one. Like in really trying circumstances, but um, I feel like you you don't get the credit for the role that you've really played in being able to advance women's rugby league. Um, but I think you're always okay with that because you're not doing it for accolades or anything like that. You're doing it for the, you've always done it for the right reasons. And Brad mentioned there the Warriors and you mentioned the Warriors, but that was a big point. He told me as well, you know, the Warriors over COVID, they had one of the four NRLW teams, but, you know, with COVID and international borders shutting down, they couldn't get there. So they had to start his, you know, a, a Warriors team. So the Jillaroo's coach, Brad Donnell was like, all right, well, we've, we've got to make this happen. And you were his first port of call that he said, because he knew you could trust you um, and he knew you'd come on board because he knew it was good for the game. And straight away he called you up and you're like, yep, coach, let's do this. Let's get a team going for the Warriors. I'll, I'll change and move over to the Warriors. I thought, you know, that just, that's what you're like. So um, Goose, I love that. It's your nickname. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was talking to Ali about you. I was like, I'll ask her why she's got the nickname Goose. Um, and why is it? Is it because of your... Well, it's actually because I used to drink Grey Goose vodka. Yes. <laughs> that was it. Um, yeah, no, so I... And why I have a connection to the to the Warriors is the first ever rugby league team I was part of at Runaway Bay was a team full of Kiwis. 
Um, yeah, right. yeah and, and I was the only Australian um, and I sort of, you know, walked into the team and I actually hadn't really had any Kiwi friends before, not for any reason. I just mm. didn't have any at my school. Um, but what I loved was from the moment I sort of walked in, you know, they embraced me like mm. family, like Fano, mm. um, and family is really important to me. So yes. I connected with the Maldi culture mm. um, straight away in that team. Mm. Um, and after a few sort of training sessions and a few games, like they thought, oh, yeah, she, she goes all right. And they invited me to um, a team party. And I was just so happy that, like, I felt included, mm. you know, like, and I felt mm. valued and that I was part of the team. So back then I had a bit of money bit of spare cash, I used to drink Grey Goose vodka and I walked into the party with my big bottle of Grey Goose, this like bleach blonde hair, little white Aussie girl and um, yeah, they just, they started mocking me, calling me Goosey and it and literally stuck. stuck and now no one even knows my name. Oh, sometimes I no forget No one even knows why you're called Goose. Yeah, <laughs> Ali was like, she thought it was for a different reason and then someone yeah. told it was because of your drink. Yeah, I love that. Um, I know. Well, what's next for Karina? What's going to happen after after your um, career in football, when you stop playing, what's the next goal? I don't know just yet. Um, I'm still really enjoying playing. Mm. And I, every, you know, sort of each season or each um, section, depending on what we're, we're talking BMD or NRLW, mm. State of Origin, um, I would just sort of end that that journey and go, oh, how's my body feeling? Mm. You know, am I still loving the game and so far my body's holding up and I'm just just as passionate and having just as much fun as, you know, I did when I was 12 years old. Yeah. So I think I'll I'll just keep playing until um, the young ones kick me out. I might survive a few more years <laughs> with four more teams coming, coming on in. board. They'll need <laughs> yes. an old dog to come in and um, yep. show them the Not road. So, yep. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I do want to keep playing um, because once it's over, my dad always says that actually, um, this one yeah, I got injured for like the sixth surgery and I said, oh, Dad, how do you, you know, sh- what should I do? And he's like, well, do you still want to play? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, you keep going. You just, mm. you just keep going Simple because once it's over, you know, it, it's over, mm. you're retired forever. So if you're still loving it and your body's still handling it, then you just keep going. So mm. that's the philosophy I'm going with at the moment. Nice. Um, and then post-career, I'm unsure um, I've had a few discussions with Brad Donald and we've got some ideas in the pipeline cool. um, about maybe some things that we'd want to do together down the coaching line, you know. Great. He's just, yeah, um, I love working with Brad and Brad's such a selfless mm. member um, of the game too. And, and that's why when he rang me about the Warriors, you know, I just knew that he was in it because he is in it because he's passionate about mm. growing the game and um, and about leaving, you know, every jersey in a better place and mm. That's a philosophy that um, I believe in and have, um, you know, following his footsteps as well. Mm. So, yeah, I'll probably do something in the game. I'm just not 100% sure just yet. You keep playing maybe, um, maybe I'll help Karen Murphy. Uh, maybe I'll go and staff at the Titans. Um, it's so awesome to have her, Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, take over the reins mm-hmm. and the first um, full-time NRW um, coach, that's what that's what the Times employed mm. her as, which is just, you know, it's yeah. huge and, you know, and other clubs will start to follow suit. So, again, it. it's just all these big moments and mm. then, um, you know, everyone else jumps on board and then that becomes the norm Love that it. you've got a full-time coach. So there's just so many exciting things um, happening in this space and, yeah, I'm just really privileged to be part of it um, and I just want to shout out to all the past players mm. because, you know, we always think about them 
in any team that I go in mm-hmm. um, and the foundation that they laid and the hard yards that they had to to put in for mm-hmm. us to be in this such a privileged position right now mm-hmm. where, um, you know, we're, we're really reaping the awards and we are getting paid and we are getting accolades and, um, you know, people know our names mm-hmm. and it's because of, well, unfortunately, all the names that, you know, the, the public don't know th- mm. that we're standing here right now. So um, mm. I know you all know who you are, the, the past players, and, um, yeah, we're always thankful um, to, to what you've done and, mm. you know, for the opportunities that we now have because of you. We finish every podcast by asking our guests if they could go back to their little self and you, mm. I would choose for you to go back to your 12-year-old self because the girl that's about to stop playing rugby league, the sport that she absolutely loves, if you could go back and give her any message about life and the journey ahead and any advice, what would you tell her? Well, don't stop playing when you're 12. Even though you can't play, just keep going to all the trainings with the boys. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, coming in at 21 and having to learn to tackle again, I absolutely shit myself. So if I had <laughs> never stopped, that would have um, put me in good stead. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know, just um, to... Ne- like just never lose your spark, I guess, at mm. 12 years old, you know, like even though we get a lot of hurdles put up um, in front of you just to, to keep going mm. um, because, yeah, you really can make anything happen um, if you believe in yourself. Mm. Um, but also uh, just to continue to be a kind person. Mm. I think that's probably a real key and something that we strive for um, at the elite level as Jillaroos mm. is – you know, to become better people every day. How can I be better than before? And it always comes down to being, um, you know, a kind human and making sure everyone feels included and valued. So, yeah, that's how I try to live my life and, yeah, just remind my 12-year-old self that because you don't always get it right, Mm. you know, along the way. So probably go back and tell myself that just to do that at all times no matter what. I think that's an important message. You've got a lot of things right Um, (laughs) in your time. You've been an absolute game changer and very selfless in your pursuit of making a difference and you certainly have made a difference to the world of of rugby league for women. So thank you for your contribution and most of all, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story with On Her Game, Karina. Thanks for having me, Sam, and also thanks to my mum and to my dad and to my family because, you know, there's so many values that they instilled in me, you know, as a young girl, which has put me in great stead and it's helped me live um, a wonderful life to date and, and they'll continue to, to live. So shout out to my family, to my siblings. Um, I love you. And I heard your mum's a bit of a super fan of games. She's a super fan, She yes. comes out and she's in all the paraphernalia. She gets all very excited. And she knocked Got- herself out once. Right? Yep, she's got Mother Goose written on her shirt and um, in the All-Stars <laughs> match 2012, she f- always stresses about me getting injured and she fell down the stairs at, I think it was, um, yeah, like Suncorp Stadium or something. And I, after the game, I was like, where the heck's mum? And then at the post-game presentation, I'm still looking for my mum and, yeah, she's at the bloody hospital um, on crutches. So Too excited she <laughs> fell down the stairs. Is that right? Yeah, I love that's right. It. I, I know. It. So she's my number one fan. And, yeah. Um, yeah, she's she's wonderful. Love we, you, Mum. We love you, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Karina. Thanks, Sam. On Her Game is presented by me, Sam Squires, 
Producer, Lindsay Green. Audio producer, Nikki Sitch. Executive producer, Jennifer Goggin.